We gather today along with thousands and thousands and thousands throughout the entire world. It's called the church. There's only one church, one body of Christ. We all gather to worship and to remember and to preach and to reflect and to give thanks and to celebrate the life, the crucifixion, the death, come on, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Redeemer, the Creator, Maker, Almighty, All-Powerful, Healer. This is who Jesus is. Provider, Emmanuel. He forgives us. He's the way, the truth, the light, the light of the world, the lifter of my head, the lover of my soul, the risen one, the one and only Jesus Christ, the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. That's what this is all about today, if you don't know. And I want to open in prayer as we dive into the word. The theme today is, it is finished. Will you say that with me? It is finished. Pray. Father, I just thank you for this time of celebration. Thank you for your love and thank you for your presence. Holy Spirit, you are here where two or more gathered in your name. And you inhabit the praises of your people. And we thank you, God, that you are here, not in the tomb, not on the cross, but you have risen. And we just love you. We say, have your way in this place. Touch every heart right now. Pull down every wrong mindset, every stronghold. Father, let hearts be open to what you want to do and say in individuals' life. Remove the blinders off of minds today. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. You come to give us life and life more abundantly, I pray and declare that over your people today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Friday night we began with Good Friday, and it was a really cool illustrative sermon Greg, uh, Craig and Seth kind of put together, and it was all about why is Good Friday so good? And different characters came on the stage to kind of articulate that what was good about Friday. For some, it was really good, and some, it was really bad. For Barabbas, who got set free as a murderer or whatever, it was really good. For Judas, it was good that went really bad. It was really bad for Mary, Peter, and others. Last night, I talked about the dark night of the soul. It would have been when Jesus would have been in the tomb, and he was still doing different things while he was in the tomb, but it was during those three days that he was in the tomb. Talked about that. Talked about the dark night that Jesus went through. Talked about how individual believers go through darkness. Talked about those who are living in darkness without Jesus Christ. And we had an amazing response of people receiving Christ either for the first time or rededicating their life. Today that may be you I tell you in advance, we love to give people that opportunity because Jesus is the one that changes our hearts, changes our lives. He's the only one that really can ultimately do that. What is Resurrection Sunday really all about? Let me talk about the who. The who is Jesus. The what is resurrection. And the why is because of you. 
This Resurrection Sunday, of course, is about Jesus walking on earth, dying for our sins, all of our sin, everyone's sin. But it's mainly, it has everything. Honestly, it's about you. Why? Because God has always, you were created to be in a relationship with God. And he loves you. Whether you believe that or not, it's still true. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus. You see this verse kind of plastered in the NFL touchdown, you know, behind the goal. You know what I'm saying? It's powerful scripture. It says that whoever believes, say that with me, believes. 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 Believing gives you access to the kingdom of God, God to, to heaven. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son to the world to condemn the world. No matter what you've heard, he didn't come, he didn't send him to condemn you, but that through the world, condemn the world, but that, that through the world, through him might be saved. Jesus came not to condemn you, but to save you. Listen to me real good. The birth of Jesus was all about you. Him walking on earth 33 and a half years, never sinning, was about you. The Bible that he gives us, I like to call it B-I-B-L-E, basic instruction before leaving earth, is all about you. It's just an amazing manual to teach us how to love one another, teach us how to love God, how to behave, how to act, how to, how to live this life in such a way to live it in the fullness. I mean, it's all about you. The sin that he bore on his body, all of our sins, it was about you. The, 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 the beating he took on his back. Man, he had you in mind. He had your healing in mind. The Bible says, by his stripes we are healed. This is all about you. Listen to 1 Peter 2.24 today. It says, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. The crucifixion. You was in his heart. The death, it was about you. The resurrection, it was about you. God's done everything in order for you to have a relationship with him. You are created in his image. Not a dog, not the animals, but you. Because he so longs to have a relationship with with you and I. I want you to fully understand why thousands and hundreds of thousands of people celebrate today. It's not just about a bunny. Come on. It's not just about eggs. Nothing wrong with eggs. It's not about baskets and bonnets. There's nothing wrong with baskets and bonnets. But it's way more than that. It's not even about peeps. And I like peeps. I wonder if they kind of coat them in cocaine or something. I don't know. Something about peeps. I know, I know they don't. Peeps are kind of funny because peeps, the yellow ones and the pink ones and the blue ones and purple ones, they all taste the same. But I like
like it. And you can just eat them and just know, this is terrible for me right here. You know what I'm saying? And then you have the Pez. Are they called Pez? The little candies, right? Wow. Addictive, right? It's way more about, it's more than any of those things. Are you feeling me this morning? I didn't mean to offend you about peeps and laced in cocaine or anything like that. <laughs> if you're a guest and you are used to coming to church and play religion, you'll be uh, probably very surprised <laughs> that we don't play church here. We don't play religion. Why? Because, well, I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Today, this is not about a fairy tale. It's not about a fantasy. It's not science fiction. What Jesus did and what Jesus is doing today, listen to me real good, all you millenniums, is a fact. This is about a fact. I want to bring your attention to three powerful words that Jesus said at the end of his life as a man. They are the last three words Jesus speaks before he dies on the cross, according to the gospel of John. John says this about Jesus, John 19.30. It says, and when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. Bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Today, that's the theme. That's the title of this message. It, it is finished. I started thinking, what is finished? What is all finished? I think believers need to know what Jesus finished. I believe, and I know that unbelievers, if you catch this today and you, you catch what Jesus finished, that I'm convinced that you'll respond to the greatest news of all time called the gospel. And the gospel, the divine gospel, means good news. If you've ever heard it in bad news, it's not bad news. It's the greatest news. on the. It's too good to be true, but the thing is, is that it's true. That's, that's what's so amazing about the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. It's important to us to understand what Jesus finished on the death, on the crucifixion, on the cross. It is finished. That word in the Greek is tetelestai. Say that word with me. Tetelestai. I think it's a pretty cool word. We would have said it is finished. Jesus on the cross would have said, Tetelestai. What does that word mean? It's, it's a powerful word. Tetelo itself means to bring to an end, to complete, to execute, to conclude, to accomplish. But it's way more than that. Just go with me. A guy named Ray Pritchard, I read his teaching on it is finished, and, and I'm, I'm just going to quote a little bit of it. I, I thought, wow, this is, this is completely off the hook. Check this out. It is a crucial word because it signifies the successful end to a particular course of action. Hey, can I get some water right there? Thank you. Just throw it to me. Thank you, sweetie. Excuse me. I get kind of excited and start, like, spitting cotton balls. <laughs> Front row is like, yeah, I'm, we're glad. Keep the water from him. <laughs> it is the word that you would use. Don't let me lose you. To telestai. It's the word that you would use when you climb to the peak of Mount Everest. To telestai. It's the word that you would use after you make your final 
car payment or house payment to Telestai. It's a word that you would use at the end of a 10K or we would, around Coeur d'Alene, say Iron Man, to Telestai. It's a word that means much more than I just survived. It means I did exactly what I was set out to do. But there's more here than a verb itself. Listen, this telestai is the perfect tense in the Greek. That's important because the perfect tense speaks of an action which has been completed in the past with results continuing in the present. Don't let me lose you. Get this, get this. It's different from past tense, which looks back to the event and says, this happened. The perfect tense adds to the idea, this happened, and it is still in effect today. To tell us die, 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 to tell us die. It is finished, it is finished. It just didn't start, you didn't say it was. It echoes, I believe it echoes today. It happened then, but it still is for then, now, tomorrow. When Jesus cried out, it is finished, he meant it was finished in the past. It is finished in the present, and it will remain finished in the future. Note one other fact. He did not say, I am finished. (laughs) Woo! Because he ain't finished, y'all. It was finished, listen to this. Yeah, it was finished in all of those, but this is beautiful. For that would have implied that Jesus died and he exalted, he kind of exhausted himself. Rather, he cried out, it is finished, meaning I successfully completed the work I came to do. To Telestai, then, is the Savior's final cry of victory. To tell us die! Victory! Victory! V-I-C-T-O-R-Y That's what he said. Victory! Victor over what? Victor over sin! Victor over hell! Victor over death! Victor over darkness! He is the victor! Come on! He is the victor! To tell us die! It is finished! He finished it! For you and I, for you, for you and I, when he died, (laughs) he left no unfinished business behind. He said, it is finished, and he was speaking the truth. I want to share with you six areas. There's probably tons, maybe hundreds, I don't know. But I want to talk to you about six pretty incredible areas that was finished for you and I. The first one, number one, prophecies. Say that with me, prophecies. Jesus was spoken of over thousands of years, prophecies. People that had never met him, I mean face to face, spoke of Jesus. Prophets spoke of Jesus. In the New Testament, one study I did says there's 353 prophecies that point to Jesus. Over 300 prophecies, over thousands of years, in 39 books. Think about the chances of that all happening and taking place. Listen to this. For 
eight prophecies, eight to come to pass perfectly. The chances of that, the odds of that, listen to this, the odds of just eight, everyone say eight, just eight. It would be one to the power of 28 zeros. One just eight prophecies. He fulfilled over 300 prophecies in his life. I don't even know if there's enough zeros. I don't even know how to think that big. But he fulfilled every one of them. You know why? I got a secret for you. Because he's God. Oh, I got I to gotta get that through my mic. Because he's God. That's one thing that he completed. Listen to what John 19, 28 says. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. We serve, we serve an awesome God. Awesome God, awesome God. Yes, you are an awesome God. Over 300 prophecies. Number two, sin was defeated. The Telestai, victory over sin. Sin does not have to reign in your life. It doesn't have to control you. Any longer, listen to these scriptures, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. For he made him who knew no sin. <laughs> Jesus, 33 and a half years, never sinned once. I struggle not to sin in 33 and a half minutes. Y'all want me to be real, right? 33 and a half. He, he, he was sin for you and I. Every one of the sins that you've ever committed, every perverted, wrong, twisted, thinking, dark things you've said, things you've done, road rage to murder, you name it, fighting, cause whatever. He took it on. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. Amen. See, when you come to know Jesus Christ and you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus covers you. And now I'm a righteous brother. It's amazing. It's great news. 1 Peter 2.24 who he himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, here's that word again, might live for righteousness. Romans 10, 6.10, For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Wow. John the Baptist said this. John was his cousin. Jesus started walking towards John the Baptist, and he said this about Jesus, he said, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and it said, Behold, 
The Lamb of God. I, I could just preach on the Lamb. I mean, the spotless, perfect Lamb that they had to keep and they would nestle and take care of and had to come and sacrifice. And He's the perfect Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. To tell us that it is finished. See, we can't enter into the presence of God with any sin. No sin. Let me ask, can I ask you a real question this morning? Because I, I got to prove a point here. You got to prove a point. How many of you are sinners in the room? Just raise your hand. Okay, some of you don't believe you're a sinner. Let, let me just, let me, let me, that's okay. That's okay. Let me just convince you. Let me just convince How many of you ever told a white lie? Just raise your hand. I wouldn't lie in church now. I wouldn't lie in church. Right? How many lies do you have to tell before you're a liar? Enough said. You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. We're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. And what's cool is that Jesus, if you believe, that's the kicker, if you believe, he took on your sin from the biggest to the least, you name it, he took it on so that you can come before the throne of God. You can come into the presence of God. Sin has been defeated. It is finished. Number three, the law. Moses had given a law. I don't know if it was ever in the tension of God's heart for that law to come to pass, but man, we wanted a king and we wanted judges and everything to separate us from God. God just wanted a relationship with Adam and Eve from the very beginning. So God creates this law, gives it to law. Over 600 laws that was given to Moses for the people to keep. And guess what? They couldn't keep it. Couldn't keep it. Jesus fulfilled the law. Every tittle, every word. Romans 8, 3 through 4, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Look what takes place. The old covenant, we live in a new covenant, it's called the New Testament, kind of like a new contract. Look what Hebrews says about that. I mean, that's a wonderful thing, it's a wonderful thing. We have a New Testament, praise God. Look what Hebrews 8.10 says. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their heart. What does that sound like to you? Does that not sound like a relationship? Huh? On your heart and in your mind. Wow. And I will be their God. And they shall be my people. Woo. Number four. Separation from God's presence is finished. Palestine. Victory. The Holy Spirit lives in me. <laughs> He's here with us now. Mark 15, 37 through 38 says, And Jesus cried out with a loud voice, breathed his last. Then the veil of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. What does that mean? There was a veil that separated the holy of holies from the holy. 
in the temple. I asked Craig this morning, I said, Craig, how big was that veil? I'd heard him talk about it before. That veil was 60 feet tall. The veil was as thick as a man's hand. When Jesus said, probably it is finished, or the last words that he said, that veil was completely broken into, was completely sliced right down the middle, revealing the holy of holies. That, that, that break into the veil represented the breaking of body of Jesus Christ that now we can come right past the holy, past the courts and the gates, through the holy, through the holy of holies, right into the presence of God because of what Jesus did for you and I. You don't have to be an outsider any longer. You can come boldly before the throne of grace because he broke that. He tore it in half so that you can come right before the loving throne of Jesus Christ. That veil illustrated Jesus' broken body that we now, that now allows us into the presence of God through the blood and the brokenness and the death of Jesus Christ at Palestine. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of, listen to this, grace. Jesus came full of grace and truth. Wow. That we may obtain mercy and find grace and help in time of need. No more animal sacrifices. The redemption plan has been completed as Jesus shouted, it is finished to tell us die. It was done. We can now boldly come right into the presence of God. He's here now. He's closer than my breath. He is. Once again, the kicker is, do you believe? It takes faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. I'm preaching this morning the word of God. You know why? Because faith comes from hearing. And hearing the word of God. I'm believing for those that maybe came in here, walked away from God, or you don't believe that faith is now coming forth in your hearts and your life. Number five, what was finished? What was victorious? Victorious. What was to tell us die? The curse from the law. Why would, there be a, why would there be a curse from the law? Because, wow, can you imagine on your best day, you couldn't, couldn't keep the law. Maybe you do this, this, and this. Nobody could, nobody could keep the law. I mean, to me, that would be like living under serious shame and guilt and condemnation. The, cur the curse there was a curse also that was given uh, in the beginning of man. When Adam and Eve sinned, they ate only from one tree that they were asked not to. They ate, there was a curse that was released. We live under a curse. I believe that through Jesus Christ, come on, that curse is demolished. Listen to this Galatians uh, 3.10. For as many as were, uh, are the works of the law are under the curse. Now let me read that again. For as many as are of the works of the law, of the law under the curse, it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of law to do them. Galatians 3.13. Jesus has redeemed us. That redeem means to buy back. He bought you back. If you're a believer today, 
If you're going to believe today, he paid the price. See, sin, there's a cost. Kind of a mathematical type terminology here. There is sin. Christ redeemed us. He bought us back from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us. Jesus became the curse for you. So that you would not have to be under the curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. The cross. He took the curse for you. Wow. Number six. Death and hell has been defeated. Victorious. Think about that just for a moment. Death and hell. Not one person in this, if you don't believe in hell, I got news for you. It's all over the Bible. If I was the devil, I would tell you that, hey, I'm not real. Hell's not real. There's all kinds of different ways to get to heaven. There's all, I mean, the Bible says he's a liar and the father of lies. He's been lying from the very beginning. Okay, listen to me. There is a hell and there is death. How many of you know that there is death? We face it all the time. Jesus has defeated both of those. Listen to this scripture right here. This is coming out of the, the time where Jesus was uh, about to raise Lazarus from the dead. And he speaks to Lazarus' sister, Martha, says this, John eleven twenty five through 26. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, look, he shall live. Craig says access. <laughs> access to life, access to heaven, access into a relationship with God. Through Jesus Christ. He goes on to say, And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And then he asked the sister Lazarus, Do you believe this? I'm asking you, Do you believe this? Do you believe this today? Do you believe? 1 Corinthians 15, 20. But now Christ is risen from the dead, and he has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Luke 23 through 43. This is absolutely beautiful. Remember, Jesus is on the cross. He had two thieves, according to the account of Luke, one on each side. One thief just blasphemed me, Jesus. One thief was like, wow, remember me. This thief had never done probably anything good in his life. Didn't go to Sunday school. Didn't go to youth group. Probably didn't even go to church. It's not about works. It's not about your goodness or your cuteness. It's about what Jesus does. Jesus looks at this thief and he says this. And Jesus said to him, imagine this. Surely I say to you, Today, you will be with me in paradise. Wow. A thief. Why? Because of Jesus' blood. Because of his sacrifice. Jesus right then was taking on that guy's sin. <laughs> the veil is already torn. Ooh, good news. The thing is, is that 
Jesus killed something. Jesus killed death. Hell does not have authority any longer over believers. Now, it's a whole other story if you don't believe. You trying to scare me, J.O.? Hey, I'm just being honest. Man, I used to be on the highway to hell. Listen, I know. The devil used you as a puppet. Control your life, try to destroy you, name it, he'll do it. But when you step out of darkness into this wonderful light, <laughs> and Jesus is now your Savior, your Lord, your King, your God, M.C. Hammer said, can't touch that. Can't touch Amen. Death is dead. Hell has no And because death is dead, hell has no authority over you any longer. There's a lot of other things that I believe was finished. Hopelessness is finished. I used to walk around depressed and hopeless. I don't have to do that any longer. Despair is finished. Loneliness is finished. He's never, he never departs from me. He's with me all the time. If you're a believer, he's with you. Fear does not have to control you anymore. I don't care how many phobias there is. All of it's connected with fear. Jesus defeated fear. Look what the scripture says. There is no fear in love. God is love. Perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he, but who fears has not been made perfect in love. Listen, he defeated fear. He defeated bondage. He defeated addiction. When Jesus, when it was Jesus' day to read in the temple, this is what he reads, and then he says, today it's completed. Here's one of the prophecies. He says this, Isaiah 61.1. He says, the Spirit of the Lord, God, is upon me. I can just see him pulling out that big, huge scrolls. Because the Lord has anointed me. Now, the people are freaking out now. They're like, who is this guy? To preach the good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to opening a prison to those who are bound. What he read. And then he said, rolled it up. Today this is happening, man. He's the fulfillment of that prophecy. It is finished. It is finished. To Telestai! That's just a few things that he's finished for you and I. Why? He desires none to perish. Don't ever listen to a lie that, you know, well, he kind of just sorts them out. You know, you're going to go to heaven. You're going to go to hell. You're gonna... He desires none to perish. Listen. He died for the sins of the world. He died because he loves you. He has a relation. He wants to have a relationship with you. I'm talking about a real relationship. Not like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I know Obama. You don't know Obama. You know his name. See, God wants to know you. He knows the hairs on your head. He knows every bird that hits the ground. And he did all of this so that you can have a relationship with him. Access. I love that word that Craig used. There's one access to all the things that I spoke of today. Heaven, forgiveness, redemption, eternal life. 
freedom, liberty, grace. One access. His name is Jesus. And how do you receive this access? Would you say this with me? Believe. believe. You believe today. You believe. Not by works. That remember the thief? He didn't do, he didn't do diddly, man. Brother didn't even get water baptized. You believe. Will you believe today? Listen to what the Bible says. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Look at the next one. Everyone say this with me. Receive. Receive. John 1.12 says, But as many received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. <laughs> I am a child of God. I am a child of God. Well, I believe. I receive. 1986, I walked into a church, something like this, Dunbar, West Virginia. I believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on. He came into my life. He didn't just add to me. He didn't just make me a little better. He made everything new in my life. Come on. He makes all things new. You'll be a new creation in Jesus Christ. He gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name, relationship. What are some things that I think that we should do? We believe, we receive. I think that we should confess him as Lord and God with our mouth. That's what the Bible says. If you believe in your heart, confess him with your mouth. You know what else I like to do? I like to confess my sins. I don't want to carry that baggage with me any longer. Get it out. Get it out. Don't bury it. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth, Jesus, believe in your heart that he raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Will you believe today? Would you bow your head right now, right where you are? Right where you are. Close your eyes. Jesus told Nicodemus, Nicodemus, a man must be born again. Must. Must believe. Must receive. By faith today. You can be born again. You can be transferred out of darkness into his wonderful light. Love and life. With your head bowed, no one looking around, just honor that. If you're here today and you need to receive Christ for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus, I want you to pray with me right where you are right now. Pray this prayer, but let it be faith coming out of your heart and your mind. Pray aloud with me. Say, Jesus, I believe on you today and I receive you into my heart. I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. I ask that you would forgive me of sins. Thank you for taking on my sins. Thank you for ripping the veil that I can come before the presence of God. Thank you, Jesus, that you are my access. So today, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. 
Thank you for saving me. Thank you for making me a new creation in you. In Jesus' name. With your head bowed, I just want to say something. If you said that this morning out of real faith, out of the sincere, sincerity of your heart, would you raise your hand right now and say, J.O., I did say that.